For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit BetOnline today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. Third and three. They protect Brady. Scans the field and lets it fly. It's Evans. It's a touchdown. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And then the cannon Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It is July 12th, 2022. It has been, I don't know, a month and a half since since we have talked to you guys. Uh, I feel like the last five or six podcasts that we've done, we open things up and we're like, all right, we're getting back in the groove of things. We got stuff to talk about, and then the entire month of June happens. Um, you know, we had OTAs. The last time we had talked to you guys, the Buccaneers added some defensive line help with Akeem Hicks. Since then, we've had a couple of things happen, but honestly, between life getting in the way and, uh, you know, the lack of a whole lot of news, we haven't had a whole lot to talk about. But we are here today to catch you up because, as I mentioned, we are a little bit into the month of July, which means we are less than three weeks away from preseason football. Training camp starts in less than a month. I think two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it is safe to say officially, and we mean it this time, uh, we're back. CFP is back. We're going to be bringing you content. We are getting ready for the 2022 Tampa Bay Buccaneers football season with Tom Brady back at the helm for year 23. But in the meantime, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. God, dude, I feel like it's been forever since I have talked to you. Yeah, it's it's. We were talking earlier today, and you were like, "Man, it feels like we haven't talked in like a year." It's 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 been a while, and um, it's good to be back in into the swing of things. It's always we've always kind of taken June pretty much as that one month where. Maybe we put out a show or two. Maybe we don't this year. We didn't. <laughs> um, so, and even there, there was some news and trust me, we wanted to do this sooner than, than, than July 12th. It's just, you know, stuff gets in the way and scheduling and just, you know, it, it happens, right. It, it, it happens. So uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while. We haven't been ignoring you guys, trust me. Um, and we're, we're excited to, you know, be back into the swing of things uh, and get back to, 
not necessarily our, our normal regular season schedule, but more of a schedule. Um, yeah, I think now. once a week, you know, we can we yeah. can promise the people one podcast a week, even if there isn't a ton of headline breaking news, we can still find some good red and pewter stuff to talk about. But before we dive into uh, what we have missed talking about the past month and a half, we do have to carry on. Uh, one of the newest segments on the show, we started this and then never, ever brought it up again because we didn't do a show for almost two months. Uh, but last time we did a show, it was May. It is now July, which means not only do we have one flip of the calendar page, we have two of them today. So the month of May, we looked at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ali Marpet over my right shoulder. We have got two flips of the calendar. I don't know the next time that this is going to happen here on the show. You'll have to wait a full calendar year pun intended but here we go all right i would be remiss if we didn't recognize who is on june here but ali marpet buccaneers legend on may we say so long flip the page we admire tampa bay buccaneers legend and uh current tight end that's one. pretty ironic yeah that's, cameron that's Bray. unfortunately he's gonna get passed right the hell over because we got to get to the month of july but hold on let me get cam looking good up here these push pins can be a bitch Ugh. All right. If, if, if you're if you're listening on audio right now, you're missing out. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, here we go. The month of July, we go. There we man. go. Don't make a scene. It's just Jamel Dean. And you know, at what? first, I, at first, I thought that was surreal, Grayson. <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, how do you make a calendar? So you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I guess we should. Uh, we should t- we should take a minute to talk about Mr. July here, Jamel Dean. Mr. July, Jamel Dean, don't make a scene. We're going to get to some news. Trust me, we're going to get to everything that we missed. But uh, I just want to say really quickly, as we recognize this month's cover athlete, I don't hate Jamel Dean. I, I don't know why he gets dragged the way that he does. Do you have any thoughts, Evan, on Jamel Dean and maybe expectations for him this year? Because a lot of people think he shouldn't even be on an NFL roster for some reason. Yeah, I think um, the main reason why he's so frustrating to a lot of people is because one minute he can seemingly be a good number two cornerback, like a legit number two corner um, in the NFL. And then the next minute, he tends to give up a lot of bigger plays. Uh, when, when he gives up plays, they're normally plays that you remember because they're bigger plays, they're splash plays. Um so that I think is part of the frustration with him. Uh, and it's also because he takes chances. He, he's, he's, he's not, I wouldn't label him as a ball Hawk, but, but he does like to take chances uh, on a lot of routes and stuff. And I think that's what burns him sometimes. Um, but, you know, as far as him coming into this season, I think he could be a real breakout player. And I, I think I had him, uh, I had an article on Bucks nation about a month ago, uh, about breakout players for this team. And I believe Jamel Dean was one of the names on there. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a contract year for him. Um, so he's going to be playing for a little bit of money. Uh, I think we could see a pretty big year from Jamel Dean. And if Carlton Davis keeps up his production on the one side, right. That we know that he can do. If Jamel Dean can take that next step, that would be a huge boost for the defense. You know, uh, 
Sean Murphy bunting is one thing, but Jamel Dean, who's going to be on the field much more than Murphy bunting is and playing against heavier competition. I think if Dean's able to make that next step, I think it would go a long ways in, you know, not even the, not only the future for Tampa Bay, but also the, the present that I think it makes this defense much more better. If you have more than one reliable corner. And when we talk about the evolution of not only the Bucks secondaries, but like the individuals playing in that secondary, the context that's most important to me is all of the injuries that they had to go through last year. Mm. Right. I mean, you're signing guys like Richard Sherman to come in and help this team. And even Richard Sherman had some things to say about Tampa Bay on his way out, because I think he just he just had to deal with Amazon. Right. Or he got an analyst gig. Uh, Yeah, I think. Yeah, he, he's heading to Amazon for their. Uh, their Thursday night football stuff. Yeah, so on his way out, he happened to mention that, you know, as long as Amazon doesn't sign him and expect him to play less than a week after learning and getting there and getting warmed up or whatever, he had said some passive-aggressive BS on his way out. But it speaks to the situation that the secondary was in last year. So I feel like when you're missing a guy like SMB for the first half of the entire season and then not even starting your starting backfield until the playoffs – like it's going to be hard for guys to really grow and get ahead of themselves when you're already digging yourself out of a hole due to the injuries. But we talked about the other cover athlete for last month on the Bucks calendar, and that is tight end one baby Cameron Brait, rocking the mustache. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. But the bigger elephant in the room is the departure of Rob Gronkowski, because if I'm not mistaken, on the last podcast we did, we we kind of kept brushing over Gronk because. Everybody said, oh, he'll he'll be back. And then the official announcement comes out that he's retiring and everyone is still kind of like, ah, you know, he'll be back. Time has passed. It's been a little over two weeks, I think, since Gronk officially announced his retirement. He was asked today about a possible return with Tampa Bay, especially if Tom Brady picks up the phone and calls him. And he says, no, man, uh, I am done with football. He's going to go ahead and focus on his business ventures, quote unquote. You're going to see him on twice as many commercials at the end of every week now. But what do you think for Gronk? Do you think he's really pulling our legs here? Is it because he doesn't want to go to training camp? So he's going to kind of, you know, pull a Tom Brady and stay retired for 40 days until his number is called or, and and I'm kind of starting to lean this way. Do you think he really is done? Because I mean, let's face it. He was having a nice little, uh, you know, comeback tour these, this, this last two seasons with 2020 in 2021, we really saw him start to hit a stride before he got injured in 2021. But the injury was a little bit more serious than we thought. Yeah. And and that's why, in my personal opinion, I, I think he really is done. But how do you feel about 87? I, I think he's lying. <laughs> I, I really do. I I I. I don't think it's going to be the start of the year. Um, I don't think it's just a training camp thing, uh, but I could see this being like an Antonio Brown situation. Maybe do the Bucks have a loss where maybe an injury is going to happen at any point, you know, does Cameron break go down? Does Kate Otten go down? Um, Kate Otten's dealing with an injury right now that kept him out of rookie camp. Uh, they're, they're hopeful that he's uh, ready, ready for, for training camp. But um you know, I think it could be like an Antonio Brown thing, you know, week six, week seven. Mm, I, I I think you talk about, you know, I, I think when it's easy for him to say that right now, um, there's no football going on and there's no football played by anybody right now. Uh, I think once he sees uh, football being played, 
I think you get that itch. And I, I mean, 20 minutes after he announces his retirement, his agent comes out and says, Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out, if Tom answered, you know, called him like, come on. Yeah. It really seems like that's the general take with most of these guys who come out and state an opinion. I mean, there's, there's other NFL GMs that are like, yeah, yeah. he's, he's not going to, he's not going to go the whole calendar year without playing another game of football, especially if Tom needs his help. Derek Brooks said a few days ago, he didn't think that Gronkowski's staying retired. I don't think Gronkowski's staying retired. Uh, I do think he won't be at the start of the year, but I do think at the end of the season, he will be on the Bucks roster. I, I just, I just do. I just, I, you know, he's living the life right now. I don't, I think it's the summertime. The fall is going to come. The weather's going to get a little bit worse. And, you know, obviously depending on where he's at, but still, like, you know, it's not going to be all sunny and 90 degrees every day, you know, and, and nice weather. And uh, I think once football season comes, I, I just have a feeling that that itch is going to be too much. And I have a feeling his old buddy is, is going to give him a call and say, hey, you know, how do you feel about playing the final seven, eight games here? And I, I just think that um, that's what's going to happen. I just I, I really do. I would really, really like to hold out hope that we see him suit up again. I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers legend, Rob Gronkowski. You know, (laughs) I'd love to see him in this offense with Tom Brady again. A lot of people have alluded to this probably being Tom's final year. We don't entirely know for sure. But it is kind of hard to imagine that without Rob Gronkowski there, especially because he was lured to come out of retirement in the first place to go do his thing with TB12. If anybody in that locker room wants another Super Bowl, it's Tom Brady. There was a stat that came out just recently. Tom Brady is more likely to take his team to a championship game than any quarterback is to complete a pass. I think it was like a 73 or a 74% chance that basically out of all of his seasons played, Tom Brady has ended up in a championship game of some sort. So I'm not saying the chances help or hurt the Bucs here, but I feel like if they're going to be a Super Bowl contender... Uh, it's going to be even more so possible with a guy like Rob Gronkowski. He knows that Tom yeah. Brady knows that. I I just I don't know, dude. Like if, I mean, if, even if he even, even miss... Gronk's girlfriend, Gronk, Gronk's girlfriend said uh, Gronkowski was joking a few months ago that like Gronk's girlfriend wanted him to go back. Like, right. I just yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I the only reason I'm skeptical is because of the injury. If he didn't miss. <laughs> If he didn't miss more time than we thought he was going to, because I remember that was kind of a week by week thing. Like, hey, when's when's Gronk going to be back? All right. You know, it's okay that this injury lasted a week or two longer than we expected it to. But that two weeks turned into three, turned into four. We didn't get and then he came and then he came back early against New Orleans and played a little bit and then missed the game versus Washington and then played versus New York. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has struggled with those types of nagging injuries throughout his entire career. Like, I can totally see him just not want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, like just being tired of it. You know, when you play football and especially when you're playing football on a team, that's a contender and you're making deep playoff runs. I know this saying applies to hockey a little bit more, but like, you know, by the end of the year, if you're not hurt, you haven't been playing. And, and right. Gronk is a guy who was out there playing. He He's a blocking tight end baby. And even though he was making some incredible catches during his time here, he was blocking his ass off. And now a lot of that, responsibility is going to fall on the shoulders of cam Bray, but i don't know i i think gronk may be done 
Obviously, say, you want to talk about playing games and stuff, right? And like his body and everything. I'm just saying it's much easier to ask him to play 10 games than it is to play a full 17 and then the playoffs. That is true. I'm just I'm just saying that he doesn't have true. to Listen. he doesn't have to go through a training training camp in the 100 degree Florida heat. He doesn't have to play in any preseason games. He doesn't have to play in the first, you know, seven, eight, nine regular season games. I just I just have a feeling that uh, could I be wrong? Sure. Well, why not? But um I just have a feeling that we are going to see him once more. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the rest of that tight end room because, you know, obviously a lot of people look at this offense now and they see a, a glaring hole at the tight end position, mm-hmm. depending on your opinion of Cam Brate. Some of the people who haven't seen Cam work with a guy like Jameis Winston under center, their expectations aren't as high for him. But regardless, he is a veteran tight end, one of the longer tenored guys on this offense. Let's talk about maybe some of the responsibilities a guy like Cam is going to pick back up. Should we should we definitely higher our expectations for him this year? Or do you think that there are still free agent options available at tight end that could kind of take the load off and, and keep Cam in a similar role that he's been in these past few seasons? Yeah, you know, he's only getting up there in age um, and he already wasn't like the most athletic player in the world to begin with. Uh, So as you get older, that will deteriorate. And I think we've already seen that a little bit. Uh, Obviously, OJ Howard's not here anymore. Uh, I wonder, I do wonder if the Bucs knew that Gronkowski was, if if Gronkowski retired a day after the season ended, I wonder if the Bucs would have made an effort to bring back Howard and and try and make it work. I, I don't know if they would, but I just, I just wondered, you know, if maybe they would have made a bit more of an effort to bring him back. Um, and even with a guy like OJ Howard, I would be remiss if we didn't mention this because there's probably going to be a few people watching who were like, man, I bet the Bucks feel real stupid about not keeping OJ. And yeah, hindsight's always 2020, but let's not forget the situation that OJ was in where he really can't put together a full season. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you can hang on to him because the upside is there, but it's incredibly high risk, high reward with a guy like OJ Howard, who all the camp report said wasn't having the greatest time in Buffalo either. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in up there. Yeah. It's, it's obviously it's still way early, but um, as far as cam goes, I, I personally would like to see them sign if, if Gronkowski's not coming back and maybe, and this could be, a, I, I think this could be a big sign. If they go into the season with Cameron Brayton, Kate Otten, and let's say Coquith as their three, I, that to me is a sign that Gronkowski's coming back. Like to me, that that's just a sign that at some point he'll be back. Now, if they sign a free agent, like I'm going to list off some names here. I have an article up on Bucks Nation talking about uh, so going in depth on these names, but um, you know, Kyle Rudolph is still available. He's a free agent. Eric Ebron is a free agent. Um, you know, my favorite personally is a player that many Bucks fans should actually be familiar with. Buccaneers legend. Technically, Buccaneers legend. Yeah, Buccaneers that- legend. That's uh, helped hand deliver one of our biggest playoff wins in franchise history. We don't know how that game would have gone. So, um, yeah, and that's a former New Orleans Saints tight end, Jared Cook. Um, There's also another former New Orleans Saints tight end, Jimmy Graham. Uh, We'll get into him a little bit later, but uh, Jared Cook would probably be my preference. Now, he is the oldest of the bunch. I believe he's around 35 years old. But if you look at the numbers, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. If you look at the numbers, though, it's, 
he's not elite by any means, but he's still productive. Like he's still a productive player. Um, even last year in, in Los Angeles with the chargers, he, he was, productive and yeah i mean it would it would be so funny um because new orleans fans like literally hate jared cook because they think if that fumble never happens and maybe they're right who knows you never know again football's game of what ifs they think if that fumble never happens that the saints win that game and and who knows maybe they do you took the words right out of my mouth i don't know if he's still hanging out with us in the live chat but uh hoodie jube is a a Saints YouTuber. He does some live streams, some podcast stuff like that. We've talked to him in the past, but it, it, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It seems like you ask any New Orleans fan at all yeah. about that playoff game. Uh, either they're, one, they're it doesn't, one guy. Uh, either one, it doesn't count, or two, it is just on Jared Cook. Nothing else happened in that game. Yeah. Drew Brees did not throw a pick six. He didn't throw three interceptions. None of that happened. It was just Jared Cook. Otherwise, that game would have been won by New Orleans. But thank God Jared Cook did what he did. And uh, we can sit here and and think about Tom Brady coming back for another season because I don't know. I think if Tom goes 0-2 in his first two years in Tampa Bay looking for a Super Bowl, I don't know if he's here right now. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Jared Cook would be it would be a good one. And then Jimmy Graham's obviously the other one. He was with Chicago. I He's just his body, I think, just cooked. Like, I just don't think he offers you much I, anymore. I agree. Like, I mean, sure, as like a depth piece, yeah, he's he's better than Coquif, sure. But like he's not gonna offer you a ton as a receiver anymore. Like he just he's not that player. Like he's just he's not even the guy he was like after he got traded from New Orleans to Seattle. Like he's not even the guy he was in Seattle. Um, but you know, it would be fun to have a a buck killer, you know, on this team because he tortured them in, in the early 2010s. Um, just I mean, every time they, they played him. You know, it wasn't really like Marquez Colson or anybody. It was it was Jimmy Graham for the most part. So, um, yeah, that would be fun. But at the same time, like as far as best football fit, eh, I think Jared Cook would probably be your best option. If you're, if you're looking to replace him with a veteran, you could decide to roll with Cameron Bray. If Kate Otten, I think it may depend on Kate Otten. If Kate Otten shows you in training camp that he can do this and he looks good in the preseason, maybe you don't go out and sign a veteran tight end. Right. Because the other thing that we haven't talked about yet, Gronkowski retired. That means he doesn't need a new contract. So they have around $12 million in cap space. They can add one or two pieces if they want to that are free agents right now. This seems like an inevitable question, but I have seen people asking. I don't know for sure myself. Has there been official paperwork filed for Gronk's retirement yet? Because you normally do hear about that, too. I do not believe so. Um, I, I don't believe so. Now, I mean, sometimes it can take a few weeks. Sometimes it can take a few months. Um, but I don't, as far as the knowledge I have right now, I don't believe there's been anything yet. So I, I don't believe so. But, you know, they uh, obviously things can change. And I mean, he could have. It just it's not out right now. Well, my closing statement on the tight end room before we move on Uh I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and try and add somebody. I, I think the goal in making another signing is finding someone to not necessarily compliment Cam Bray, but just do the job a little bit better than he can. Give <laughs> you a little Bray's, more Cameron production. Not, not, not the blocker, not even half the blocker Gronkowski is. That's right. where they're going to, their run game may be, may hurt there. That's right. <laughs> I, I've heard Coe Keast is a dog, but I can't imagine he's going to be on the field much more than guys like Cam Bray and Kate on. If that's the room you roll out in, 
But when you look at what they've put on the field these last few years, you know, tight ends aren't as big of a deal as they used to be in like a dirt cutter kind of offense, but it still doesn't really feel complete if if you're rolling as Cam Brate as your tight end one. With all due respect to Big Bam Cam, the Buccaneers OG on that offense, I it's still just kind of one of those things where I would like them to add another piece. And I think yeah. another I think a lot of people can agree and and would feel comfortable yeah. if they add another you're, piece. You're you're in like you said Tom Brady's likely final season and you're a like a legit Super Bowl contender. You should be aiming higher than, than Cameron Brady. He's a nice player, but you should still be aiming higher. Yeah. Well, uh we we talked about Jared Cook, we talked about Jimmy Graham and we labeled him a buck killer. Speaking of bucks killers, our our good buddy. It's time for our in memoriam section of the show our, our good buddy mm. the people's champ bradley pinion the, the, organi- the organization basically killed he, him it's not, uh, uh, bradley pinion is is no longer with us folks uh he I did know. not die no 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 luckily, he did not die thank, thank, he, thankfully he may as well be dead to us because well. he left us <laughs> and he and he went and signed with atlanta <laughs> so you know what if, if he wants to come on the show as a member of the falcons he he still has an open invitation we can have a conversation yeah. after the after the bugs beat the falcons by 30 during the regular season we can ask him about some of his punts at that you know you know i ask, I, we can have him on the show i sent him a dm after the uh after the deal with atlanta came out and i said you know with all due respect man i'm happy for you i'm always rooting for you but Hey, at least you're going to get a hell of a lot more playing time now, right? I mean, there. Did, did you actually say that? No, I didn't. Uh, I, want, I, I wanted to. Say. I wanted to so bad. No, I, I told I him I was always rooting for him, and it's going to be go Bucks. But yeah, we get to see our. Did former he punter. respond? Yeah, 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 he liked it, and he said thanks, man. Um, but yeah, Bradley Pinion, forever a friend of the show, except yeah. for twice a year now. So yeah, clap it up, clap it up, yeah, on clap last it up, time, the people's huh? champ, man. Yeah, that's that's right, that's right. You know, he at was... the end of the day, believe it or not, Evan, we are entering. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be our sixth year of coverage on the Cannon Fire <clears throat> podcast. We're getting old. Uh, yeah, kind of. It is. It, it is a little wild when you think about it. And we've had a couple of players interact with us, but Bradley Pinion is really the kind of guy who. Who always gave he us the time of day? Interacted and, the most. Yeah. There hasn't been there hasn't been a play, at least at least currently playing in the NFL. There hasn't and, been a player that's interacted with us as more, much as Bradley Pinion. And now that he is no longer on the team, I can be honest, and I referred to him as a butt killer because that playoff performance that was rough. Yeah, yeah. that was rough, man. <laughs> I mean, and he always and that's that's what we liked about him too. He always understood, you know, that like. We were going to come on here and if he sucked, he, you know, we were going to say he sucked, you know, like it's, it, it is what it is. And, and he, he understood that. Um, I do think he got a little bit too much hate. Now, obviously I am a little bit biased, but yeah, that, that play, you, you can't put two kickoffs uh, out of bounds to put the team at the 40. You can't do it. once in a game is bad. Twice in a game is unacceptable. And yeah. then the, you know, the cherry on top, have it all happen in a playoff game. Yeah, like, and, yeah. Like that's the in shit a play, that, in a playoff game that you lost. So, yeah, like, that's what preseason. Happens, what happens if you don't put them out of bounds? Like you know, that's a preseason mistake where everybody sees it and they get upset, but they're like, ah, oh, that's what the preseason's for. If it happens in the regular season, it's frustrating. But if you win the game and that's not the sole reason you lost, make sure it's fixed by the playoffs. But when it is the final game of your season, 
It happens twice. And the Bucks <laughs> were in the situation that they were, and it happens twice. Uh, I think that was the nail in the coffin for the good old people's champ. But uh, And another thing where they saved cap space. So, I mean, like yeah. I said, I keep coming back to, and I hate to keep plugging my, my articles, but a lot of our talking points I've written articles about. I wrote an article uh, about, I think, two weeks ago about how the Bucks should not be done adding to this roster. And we talked about this, I believe, on our last episode after they signed the Keem Hicks. We were like, they shouldn't be done. And we listened off some names but um you know they have cap space now like and that's another move that they made to have cap space so obviously it goes without saying uh rookie punter jake camarda from georgia their fourth round pick or fifth round pick i forget i want to say i think i, I want to say fourth i want to say it's a fourth uh, round pick. I'll, I'll look real quick finish that okay thought. um he has Obviously, we knew this, but uh, he has won the job, obviously. So it's exciting. Hey, I mean, Jake, if you want to continue the trend, you are you have an open invitation. I mean, we could be the punters podcast, you know, basically. Uh, you know, you have an open invitation on CFP anytime. Just let us know. Um, Pick 133, yeah, he, round four. Round four, yeah. So, I mean, you're not drafting a punter in the fourth round and, and cutting him. So, we knew he had won the job at that point. Uh, but now it is official. Like, he is the guy. So, um, real quick, just getting – these we're on the, the topic of special teams, and you don't talk about that a ton. Um, it, I'm interested to see the training camp battle between Jose Borregales and, and Ryan Suckup. I – <laughs> I haven't. I, I I made an article about this a long time ago, actually. About like the like it's an underrated battle. Like yeah. I think it's a legit battle. Not a lot of people are talking about it, like you said. But yeah, I think it is a legit battle as well because the Bucks kept poor Gallus around for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like they made sure there, every there, single there week. was there was real concern that when they waived him at the end of the preseason last another year, team that he was he was going to get gone. They were really glad that he wasn't. Yeah, I'm excited to see that because if we've heard anything, it's that the kid has a hell of a leg. He was putting on in camp last year. I think he even got the better of suck up during a couple of the kickoffs. So we'll have to see what happens. Training camp just a few short weeks away. But uh, yeah, another underrated battle as we you know kind of shift our focus towards the countdown to Buccaneers training camp and some of those position battles that are at stake. And that's another move where it would save them money. Um, so if they wanted to go out and sign a free agent or two, that's still out there. A lot of good free agents out there still. Um, you know, if they wanted to go out and sign somebody, that is another way to save money. So I do think that's going to be like, it's not going to be like suck ups cut before camp. Like that's going to be a legit battle. I think both of them are going to get a fair shot, but I would keep my eye on that. And I would keep an eye on, you know, the, the press and stuff, what they're writing, what they're tweeting about, you know, was Borgalis two for four and Suckup was four for four? Was Suckup two for four and he missed one from 50, but Borgalis hit one from 55 and he was four for five? You know, I would just keep an eye on, on, the, on those things and obviously the preseason as well because I do think there is a legit competition. It's not like last year where if they said, oh, it's a competition. I, I didn't really believe that. Ryan Suckup had just signed an extension. It wasn't a competition. I think this year, though, it, it really could be. Hey, so I know that we are talking about Buccaneers position battles and we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk about that, but there's some stuff happening around the NFC South. Nothing that's going to shake up the division title picture at the end of the year. I still think it's, it's either going to be maybe the, the entertainment though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll make the, the division a little bit funner to watch, but 
when you talk about competition, not only with Tampa Bay, but other teams in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers went out and they got their guy, apparently. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the disgruntled Cleveland quarterback, ends up in Carolina. He'll be wearing number six, and he will see Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense twice a year. And uh, Matt Rule came out and said that it's pretty much an open battle between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield for that starting spot. I think most people assume Baker is going to get the spot, and yeah, I, I do too. You've already rolled the dice with Darnold. you got a year of him under your belt. I don't think yeah. he's going to give you anything that Baker can't, and I think Baker's got a much higher ceiling at this point in his career. I, listen, let me give my two cents on Baker before we start talking about the Carolina Panthers. I I don't hate Baker. Like, I, I can understand the frustration, you know, because you look at the first four years of his productivity, the number of interceptions he's thrown. He's productive. He's got, like, something like 92 touchdowns over the first four years of his career. But I feel like this is just an outside perspective. I'm not a Cleveland sports fan. I wasn't watching Baker every single week. But the Browns were 1-31 in the year before they drafted him, those two years. They had an 0-16 fucking parade before they had the number one pick in the draft. They weren't able to drink beer. They had to open up the Bud Light coolers after they made the playoffs and had a winning season. And then, not only do they get to the playoffs with Baker Mayfield, they play Pittsburgh, the team that has just absolutely mollywopped them for 15 years. They slagged And them. they kicked they, they the shit out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did it on the road, too, if I'm not mistaken. Was it not in Heinz? Or uh, Akershire uh, Stadium, excuse me. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah, that don't remember. detail. But at the at the end of the day, I I think Baker got the short end of the stick. And uh, you know, if the Bucks were in a different situation and Tom Brady wasn't here, I wouldn't have minded taking a look at him. But I I don't hate Baker Mayfield, and and I think he can bring something a little bit exciting to uh, that Carolina offense that Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't do. So, one, he's better than Sam Darnold. Um, and obviously we're not going to talk too much about the Carolina Panthers because I, Carolina Panthers fans don't even want to talk about the Carolina Panthers. So um, <laughs> it's dominating the news cycle this week though. I got people all over yeah. Twitter telling me that the Panthers are relevant again. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, but you know, Baker, Baker wasn't good last year. Like that, let's get that out of the way, but he wasn't as bad that last year's performance wasn't an indicator on how he is as a player. He's better than he was last year. Like uh, he hopefully is, he's healthier too. Cause he's yeah, playing through yeah. some pretty brutal injuries. Yeah. He he's better than what he showed last year. That being said, like, <laughs> yeah, it's a slight upgrade. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's an upgrade. I think he's better than Sam Darnold, but like, is he your friend? It just feels like the Panthers are just throwing darts at the wall and hoping one of them stick. And it's they're on like their third or fourth dart now. And I mean, they're trying to sign Cam Newton midseason and playing in a two quarterback system. And I mean, they're just throwing everything at the it, wall and trying to see what sticks. And I, so far, it hasn't stuck at all. And I, I don't, I think Baker will be fine, but like, I, you could have just drafted Justin Fields and been done with it. It feels like the Colts quarterback carousel these past few years, but like they're just not as good of a team. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Teddy, also like the Colts are getting better quarterbacks though. Like, yeah, like Philip Rivers was competent his last year. He got I the think job Phillip, done. Philip Rivers it was probably better than slightly better than Baker, and I think Matt Ryan right now is probably slightly better than. I Baker. think Carson Wentz, you know, shitty system, Maybe shitty even. timing. Yeah, it just didn't work out. They weren't afraid to admit that, but. I mean, 
he's still had a better team around him than than Baker's going into right now. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the Panthers' offensive line, while they were able to to get a, a tackle in Icky um, in the draft, um, you know, the offensive line's still a work in progress. The receivers are, are good, not great. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's a huge weapon, but is he going to be healthy? So. Um, yeah, I mean, and you want to, I want to bring it back to the Bucks now because that's enough Panthers talk for me. But um, I I do think if Tom Brady stayed retired, and I think our boy Stank might have said this too a little bit earlier, but I think he would have been the Bucks quarterback if Tom Brady didn't. If Tom Brady didn't come back, I think Baker Mayfield would be the Bucks quarterback right now. I, I also agree. I, um, I really do. So- I know we're talking about the box, but we are talking about quarterbacks and let's just call the next five to 10 minutes of the show uh, cannon fodder, because basically what we're going to do is just shut down the BS that's been coming out this week. Uh, Dan Cilio decided to open his fat mouth and say that the Buccaneers are definitely going to be trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and pretty much every major beat reporter in Tampa was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. There was even an anonymous coach that came out and said, uh, you know, if Jimmy G could hit a deep ball, he'd probably have two Super Bowls right now. So safe to say that that move is not happening. I just want to get that also clarified for anybody who has not heard otherwise. But uh, if you remember Dan Cilio from sucking it up on Tampa Bay radio for the longest time, you know, they call him Silly Dan for a reason, Evan. And uh, it seems like he's still making up reports. <laughs> Um, the funny thing is he brought like Tom Brady's agent into it. He was like, yeah, you know, somebody like close to Tom Brady's agent or Tom Brady's agent told me that, uh, yeah, the Bucks are trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And like, no, like stop, like, come on. Yeah. It was I, just it, some it, burner email. Some guy pretending to be Brady's agent. Yeah. Some like, Boston fan. Like, okay. Just because Bruce Arians isn't there anymore. doesn't mean that the offense is going to completely change. It's the same offense. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo would be running the same exact offense, no matter who was, you know, if it was Bruce Arians or Todd Bowles as the head coach. So, like, that doesn't change. And if they weren't interested in him before, what did change, right? So, like, yeah, no. You know, even if Tom Brady stayed retired, like, it wasn't going to be Garoppolo. Like, it just it, – it wasn't. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's uh, – it, it's – I think it's fun because for people to talk about, it's like, oh, you know, Garoppolo is supposed to be Brady's successor. And instead of in New England, it's going to be in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I would be very surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo ended up uh, in. I mean, and right now he's not even 100 percent healthy. Um, I got a notification during this show that like two or three weeks ago, he started throwing because of his shoulder issue. Like he's not even 100 percent healthy. So like and I understand the Bucks aren't, you know, if they were to acquire him, they wouldn't expect him to play. Right. You would hope you'd never see him. But yeah, you know, the, the cap hit that he has with the limited resources that the Bucks do have. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. Um, I don't see that that being like I said, I think the Baker stuff was real. I do think they would have had interest in Baker, um, legitimate interest in, in Baker if Tom Brady didn't come back, but the Garoppolo stuff, I think that was more of, Oh, Brady was there. So I guess Garoppolo has got to follow his footsteps there now. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy it. So yeah, I, I don't think we have to be worrying about Jimmy Garoppolo being on the Buccaneers anytime soon. 
And as we wrap up our cannon fodder segment, we should also mention the wide receiver position. Odell Beckham Jr. has been named a possibility for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to bring in at wide receiver. But I feel like anyone who knows anything beyond surface level information about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, specifically Chris Godwin, I mean, it just it does it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, every single year, every offseason, it seems like you have a couple of big names that are attached to certain teams. The Bucs have been one of those teams that always seems to have big names attached to them, especially when their future seems a little uncertain. But it's important to remember that Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL in the Super Bowl in February. Chris Godwin. Mid-February. Based off of reports that we have heard, it seems like the Bucs are a little bit more hopeful than they were two weeks ago that Chris Godwin is going to be good to go for week one or, you know, any one of those first four games of the season would be a huge uh, boost to their confidence because, you know, a couple of months ago we were talking about him not being ready until maybe the halfway point of the season. Bucks seem optimistic. Godwin's camp seems optimistic and bringing in a guy like OBJ, who's not going to be ready until week seven, eight or nine just doesn't make any sense. And and I also just wanted to take an opportunity to, to shut that BS down. I think even later than that, um, I think you're looking around Thanksgiving that yeah. he would be available. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make much sense, especially with positive reports about Godwin. Now, I don't believe Chris. I still don't believe Chris Godwin will play week one. Um, I do not believe he'll be on the field uh, week one. I, I think he'll be on the field those first four weeks of the season, though. Oh, I yeah. Think- I mean, I, I, I always thought that it was either going to be week three or week four. Um, I, I don't think he's going to play those first two games regardless. I, I don't think the Bucks are going to rush him back. Uh, they learned their lesson with Gronkowski uh, about rushing people back. Sherman, they rushed back. They rushed him in, and then they rushed him back, and then he got hurt again. Um, yeah, I don't think they want to do that. So, especially with a key, I mean, he is so important to their offense. They need him to be 100% healthy. So, I don't think if he's not 100%, I don't think he's going to be out there, especially with the depth that they have with Mike Evans now, with Russell Gage. Um, you know, a lot of the other guys, Jalen Darden, they're hoping he takes a step. Tyler Johnson, maybe he takes a step. Scotty Miller, Rashad Perryman came back. So, um, I, I would be surprised. I would honestly be surprised if they added a receiver regardless, whether that's Odell, whether that's Julio, um, a- anybody, any of those names, I would be surprised if they added a receiver just because uh, I do think they're more confident now that Godwin's going to miss less of the season than originally thought. Um, so I think in that case, I, I don't expect a receiver coming in and uh, you know, but I mean, injuries can always happen though. You know, injuries, injuries can, can always happen. And, uh, you know, if let's say, God forbid, or, you know, Russell Gage goes down and maybe he's in doubt for the first few weeks, then maybe you are looking at maybe a Julio Jones. But if, if a guy goes down with injury in training camp, you're not looking to replace that guy with Odell, <laughs> who's not going to be available. So I, I would be very surprised if the Buccaneers signed a receiver. And I would be even more surprised if they did, it would be Odell. I would just be very surprised. And I think for the people who bring up Odell for the sake of injuries, because let's face it, the Bucks have depth at wide receiver, but with the injuries last year on offense, especially towards the end of the season, that depth went away pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. hindsight tells you that you could have signed a midseason guy to come in and help out like that, but I think with a player like OBJ in particular, the price tag has to be a factor because I don't 
I don't think he's going to come play in Tampa for for less than what he thinks he's worth. Well, no, but also, I mean, you got to think it's for almost not even half the season, though. Right. It's not going to be a lot of money. Yeah. So that's going to affect it. But that's also even more reason why I think he just ends up staying in L.A. Yeah, I I, I think he's not going to sign until like week eight, week nine, week 10, and then he'll sign and then they'll get him practicing a little bit and they'll be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, I think we've covered the horn. I mean, unless there's some training camp headlines or anything else on your mind, I think we can start wrapping this thing up. Yeah, not not a whole lot. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, chatter about um, Leonard Fournette and his his weight and everything. Um, I mean, those guys... Those guys are freaks. Like, like those guys know they have their diet plans. They have their workout plans. They can lose weight. You know, if it takes us two, three months to lose weight, they can lose it in two, three weeks. Like, you know, they're just, they're, they're built different. Okay. Like, so I, I don't get worried about now you show up to training camp. That's different, right? Like if you show up to training camp out of weight, yeah, but these are, these are voluntary OTAs. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, you're still a month, almost two months away from camp, like whatever. And he looks to be in better shape now. So I think people were overreacting. He, uh, he actually posted a picture on his Instagram recently and the caption said no more fat Lenny. So if anybody knows about the criticism, it's going to be Leonard Fournette. And uh, he's probably going to take his job that much more seriously this year with the departure of Ronald Jones. I mean, he is the number one back. There is no question about it. There is no curious uh, people going into training camp this year mm-hmm. saying, oh, well, if Jones can produce blah, 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 he doesn't have to worry about any of that noise this year. He knows that. Yeah, I mean, but the one battle is Giovanni Bernard versus uh, Rashad White. That's um, I've heard a lot. I know, I, know about... you, I know you don't want to mention your other boy in there. <laughs> no. Huh? no he's not, what? He, you know, to, to be involved in a pass catching back, to be involved in a pass catching back competition, you actually have to be able to catch the football. Um, I could go out there and catch. Uh, you are, me. you are, you are Keyshawn Vaughn's biggest hater. <laughs> I, you wake up extra early in the morning. I, I so you have it, more time to be a hater. I call it like I say it. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I'm sorry. You know, no, it's, it's okay. I've known that about you and anybody who has listened to the show since before Tom Brady, got here they know that about you i remember we've had a lot of conversations on here about like man evan you know how come you're so critical of this team how come you don't ever think the bucks can win and you always said it's because you know i'll believe it when i see it and i've noticed that these last few years luckily your tune has been able to change but that's because we've been talking about a much more developed football team than we were this time three four years ago so i guess just the the mediocre play does not fly for uh for the philly bucks fan on this team then especially not when you're a Super Bowl contender, like, you know, if we were building team, sure, maybe you do take the time to maybe try and develop Keyshawn Vaughn. But I've heard a lot of things about Rashad White, like a lot of positive things. And I think he's going to be a good player. I just I really do. I don't think he's going to be a lead back or anything like that. But like, I think he's going to be a good player. Like, I, I really, really do. And I think at the start of the season, you're going to see a lot of Giovanni Bernard. But I think by midseason. I don't know how much you're going to see a Giovanni Bernard. I really don't because I think Rashad White's going to, going to take over that like third down pass catching back role, obviously, unless injuries happen, which you can never predict. But I think if, if they're all healthy, I, I think Rashad White's going to see a lot of playing time about mid season, you know, especially if in the preseason, he looks good with catching the, the football. Um, 
you know, like I said, I always worried about Leonard Fournette's hands sort of regressing. He was really, really good last year, but that's not like his career. Like that's not who he's been. So if they regress down to like normal, like average, I think Rashad White could be a pretty big piece of this offense. Yeah, I think when you look at the rookie class coming into training camp, Rashad White is probably the one that it's it's easiest to get the most excited about. Like, yeah, you've got Logan Hall. That's going to be fun, but I don't think he has it's, the potential to make that much of an impact. The, ru- as, the running back's more flashy. It, right, right. He's he's going to be in the end zone, right? Nobody, he has the nobody's opportunity nobody's to, talking. Nobody's talking about um, Luke Gedeke, you know, and, right. and pumped about him, you know. So uh, Tony in the chat. Tony Saylor says, I'm I'm more like Evan than I like to admit. Oh, you know, I, I think we all I think, are. I think, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are. <laughs> I, I don't think they like to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I think I, I think when you deep when you down, kinda, they know when you peel the onion back and, and you take a look at what you bring to the table, it might be off putting for some people. But uh, Evan's always been a straight shooter. And for that, we do appreciate him. <laughs> Anyway, well, speaking of which, and this is a plug for what's coming in the next few weeks, our season prediction show. You want to talk about me, you know, telling it like it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm what? what? <laughs> I, Evan's going to be picking them to win nine games this year, folks. That's what that means. <laughs> the schedule, the injuries, it's just it's it's too much. Um, no, but anyways, the history if I if I can pull it up here, the history has shown that when we do our season predictions, I'm pretty good at it. So let me see if I can find it here. I, I, think, we, I think we know off the top of our head. Go, so, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. 2017 was our worst year, by the way. Worst year. We, me and you both predicted. Now I've gone back and I, I've watched the, the videos and I've put them down. So we each predicted ten and six. They were five and eleven. Clearly, after that, I was like, ah, forget this. <laughs> yeah, that was the end. That was the end of being hopeful. 2018, Rhett, 10 and 6. I predicted eight and eight, and they were five and eleven again. After that, I said, no way. So 2019, you said nine and seven. I predicted seven and nine. They were seven and nine. 2020, we both predicted eleven and five, and they were eleven and five. 2021 i think you predicted 13 and 4 but i don't have anything down here but I, I, know I, I, I i i did i predicted 13 and 4 and they were 13 and 4 we, so. we both had 13 and 4 we just had different games yeah i'm now trying to go for four straight years of the predicting the exact buck record so how about a lot, that? a lot on the table there's you a know, lot on the table. It's difficult this year. I've been going back and forth. I've been looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Something I, else, think, I think this year out of the most years, we're going to have the most like different wins and losses. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think so. This is I mean, this is the most stacked schedule that we've ever had to sit here and break down. Like, let's mm-hmm. face it. You know, what, the schedule that the Bucks have this year is nothing to sneeze at. It's going to be a tough set of home games. Some pretty tough road games mixed in there as well. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. Be on the lookout for our season prediction show. We'll keep you posted when that's going to be coming up. And before we wrap things up officially, we do have one more thing we should mention. Still don't know what your fantasy football punishment is going to be, but it's going to happen yeah. sooner than you think. It, it, has, is. it has to happen sooner rather than later. It's going to happen. If you guys are in the I live chat here in the last few yeah, minutes, if anybody's pod, got any ideas, 
Yeah, we we need a we need a punishment for for Evan finishing dead last in the Cannon Fire Fantasy League last year. Last, two years ago, Rhett finished last, and his yeah. punishment was he had to shave his beard and just leave the mustache. And which I mean, it doesn't sound too crazy of a punishment, but you got to realize he hasn't shaved his beard since like high school. So you can. <laughs> it was a long. It was you, a long time. You can actually go back. I it was it was pretty much my COVID stash. Like COVID had just started. I think it was March 2020 or April 2020. You can go back to the shows during that period, and yeah, it was just the mustache. This chin wasn't looking quite as strong over there on the video, but uh, that's all right. I'll leave that open for you to go find it. But Evan, before we wrap this thing up, do you have a grab bag this week? I know it's kind of putting you on the spot here, but anything pressing that maybe we could carry into the next podcast? No, I mean, obviously I, I got it right here. I got a good take bag. And I guess my one take is that I'm starting to get the little itch. I'm starting to get the itch that maybe, you know, maybe the same one that Gronkowski's going to get. I don't know, but I'm starting to get the itch to just watch like real football. Like yeah. I'm starting to, to get the itch to like watch like real football. That's like not like replays. Like I'm just, I'm starting to get that itch. Not just the bugs, just like the NFL in general. Just like I'm starting, like I always look forward to the hall of fame game and then five minutes in, you're like, okay, this yeah. kind of sucks. This but, is terrible. But yeah. just, the, just the, uh, the pomp and circumstance of it all, I guess like the, you mm. know, the way that they just present everything football being back, Usually that stadium is packed. I know it's not the biggest stadium in the world, but mm. seeing football players on a field with people in the stands is such a welcome sight, and I'm yeah. I'm ready for it. I yeah. am ready for it. Joel, Joel Enrique in the chat says, Ghost Pepper Chip Challenge. Clearly he wants me to die. <laughs> oh, that's, um, a, that's a good one, though. <laughs> that is a good one. We can make some good content out of that. Clear, oh, we'll, yeah. just, we'll do it at the beginning of the show, and then oh, we'll, do, we'll uh, do a podcast while you You recover. better expect to do the podcast alone then <laughs> at the beginning of the show. I'll we'll be make, sitting here in tears. We'll make sure we get James on for that one. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. That's the show. Check us out over on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything cooking this week? No, not really. I might have something on the wide receiver room coming up. Maybe like who's going to be the odd man out there because it feels like somebody's going to have to be. Um don't know, but it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. So I, I can't really tell you, you know, if I, I don't plan it now, it's just, if it comes to me, I write it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T, A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Can Fire podcast is back, folks. We are going to continue our regular coverage with that being said. We'll catch you next week as we continue our countdown to training camp for the 2022 season. Get excited. Football is almost here. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go Bucks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.